Hello there and welcome, would you believe it, to the ninth Commercial Awareness with Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson. In today's edition of the Watson's Daily Podcast, I'm going to start off by talking about some macroeconomic bits in the current lockdown status for countries and companies, tech doing well, airlines and anything related having a nightmare of epic proportions, and then challenges and triumphs in the US food industry. We've now come to the bit that regular listeners in this podcast look forward to the most. It's time for the incredibly loud intro music. France and Germany are tightening regulations to stop foreigners from taking advantage of company valuations that have come crashing down to earth and buying them up on the cheap due to the coronavirus. At the moment, France won't let foreigners buy stakes of over 25% in companies in sectors like defence, transport, biotech and robotics, but uh, they are now pushing to take that threshold down to 10%. Spain has already done this and Germany has tightened its conditions in that investors were prohibited from buying stakes if there was a danger to the national interest, but now they can be prohibited if the acquisition could result in likely harm. It seems that they are all heeding recent advice from the EU's competition chief, Margaret Vestager, to, pr um, to protect their own companies from foreign takeovers. This is because everyone is getting wary of cashed-up investors like Gulf State sovereign wealth funds going on a massive shopping spree. Given that the Qatar Investment Authority said it was looking to scoop up assets in the health and tech sectors and that Saudi Arabia's public investment fund has bought stakes in various companies, I think that this concern is well founded. Putting it bluntly, I would expect countries to make an effort to protect their most important assets and leave the rest to sovereign wealth funds and cash-rich Chinese companies. More countries are now changing their lockdown statuses. Although Russia is extending its lockdown until May the 11th, Spain, France, Italy and Germany have all relaxed conditions to some extent, as well as some parts of the US. There was another interesting development in China in the last few days as Chinese travellers visited major tourist sites in large numbers over the May Day holiday on Friday and Saturday. The five-day break runs until Tuesday and numbers are clearly low on a year-on-year -year basis, but higher footfall could encourage more people to venture outside and help the economy uh, get back on track. I must say that I think this sounds like a bit of a strange thing to do, given we haven't got a vaccine yet, but we'll just have to see what effect this will have. Other than that, though, there was an announcement this week that visitors arriving from most parts of China would be allowed into Beijing without having to spend two weeks in quarantine. And this has made a return to semi-normality much easier. In terms of companies lifting lockdown restrictions, Travis Perkins says that 70% of its shops are now open. Nando's and Burger King are making plans to return and will join the likes of McDonald's and KFC. Mind you, Greg's had to go back on a plan to reopen 20 of its bakeries after a hugely positive response on social media increased concerns that they would be deluged with too many customers and put both their staff and the customers themselves in danger. 
Weatherspoons and Dixon's Carphone are also looking at how they might make a return to the high streets and Dixon's looks like potentially opening this coming week using social distancing measures that they have learnt from their Scandinavian operations. Interestingly, Tesco's has started to cut some of the people it hired when things were getting a bit crazy in the supermarkets. Facebook and Google both said that they were seeing a bottoming out in ad revenues, but Twitter wasn't quite so positive and warned that ad sales could continue to be weak. Still, I think their prospects are better than WPP, the, tr tr the traditional ad agency, which is cutting jobs and applying for government support. Things weren't looking particularly great for WPP before the coronavirus, so the outlook will be pretty bleak for them, in my opinion. The thing is that in the event of an economic downturn, ad spend is usually one of the first budget cuts that companies make in order to survive. I would argue that traditional advertisers will suffer more than digital advertisers because advertising in traditional media such as newspapers, TVs and billboards is expensive, unpredictable and potentially redundant, whereas digital advertising can be more targeted to the appropriate demographic and you, uh, you therefore potentially get more bang for your buck. Elsewhere in tech, Microsoft continues to benefit from working from home and video conferencing, while Zoom had to make the embarrassing admission that it had exaggerated its success by boasting about the wrong numbers. It had said that it now has 300 million daily users. However, in stats like this, there is a difference between users and participants. Participants are counted every time they join a meeting throughout the day, which means that they can be counted more than once, whereas the number of users are only counted once a day. To give you an idea of the scale of Zoom's bogus claim to have 300 million daily users, Microsoft's Teams, which is way bigger, has 75 million daily users and 200 million daily participants. I actually think this is more of an embarrassment than anything else and is symptomatic of a company that has seen an explosion of uh, growth in a very short space of time. Actually, I use Zoom a great deal and think that is really excellent. Although I still think that Microsoft Teams will be the most prevalent out there, Zoom should continue to benefit over time despite these setbacks. In tech hardware, Apple said it would delay the production of its new iPhone. Um, that, oh, sorry, new iPhones um, that were originally due to launch in mid-September, and they announced reasonable numbers for the quarter. However, as with European banks that reported OK-ish results this week, the second quarter performance will be key. Now we come to the airline industry. Oh dear. Airlines are having a nightmare. Norwegian Air, Virgin Atlantic, EasyJet, Lufthansa, Air France, KLM and US carriers are all at various stages of trying to borrow large amounts of cash and BA ended the week by announcing cuts of up to 30%, that's 30% of its workforce and floated the possibility that it might not reopen its Gatwick or London City Airport operations after current suspensions are lifted. Things are getting very serious for the whole industry as around 95% of international passenger traffic has disappeared because of travel restrictions and the airline uh, sorry and the International Air Transport Association said earlier this month that passenger revenues could more than halve this year. 
And if it's a nightmare for the airlines, I would argue that it's even worse for the aeroplane makers because airlines can and will try to pull out of buying planes. Also, thousands of cheaper planes may suddenly be available as an alternative when airlines around the world go bust en masse and the aircraft they have been leasing become available. Both Airbus and Boeing are cutting costs and they don't see a return to normality for a few years yet. And it gets worse. The world's most famous investor, Warren Buffett, said that his fund, Berkshire Hathaway, had sold its entire stake in four US airlines over the course of April. In his virtual annual meeting held over the weekend, he said that he had sold out of all his positions in American, Delta, Southwest and United over the last month, equating to over $6 billion worth of stock in the sector. Buffett's massive portfolio has taken a hammering over the course of this pandemic, but he is hopeful that, he, uh, that as he puts it, American magic will prevail. The US meat supply chain is breaking down quite dramatically. In fact, the coronavirus has spread so quickly in plants where workers are in very close proximity to each other that America's biggest meat packer, Tyson Foods, had to shut down three slaughterhouses. And now around 30% of US pork processing capacity and 14% of beef capacity has been shut down as other companies go through the same thing. Trump hit back on the uh, on the latest closures by invoking the Defense Production Act or the DPA um, forcing the companies to stay open. The DPA is legislation that was used during the Korean War era to compel companies to remain open for the national interest. The problem here though is that employees don't want to work in an environment where they could catch the, vi uh, the coronavirus which is obviously very understandable but if the government forces them to go to work, they will not be able to sue companies for failing to provide the right protection. In other words, if the company forces them to go and work at the meat factory and they get coronavirus, they will not be entitled to get any compensation. I guess this will ultimately come down to, what, to the weighing up of the impact of a meat shortage with a number of human deaths that would result from people working in less than ideal conditions. On the other hand, plant-based meat substitutes have been seeing a major uptick in sales as new figures showed that sales were up by 200% in the week ending April the 18th versus the, same, uh, versus the same period last year and were up by 265% over an eight-week period. Now, this compares to meat sales rising by 30% and 39% over the same time period. Okay, so this rise is from a low base. But for future reference, it is interesting to note that production of meat substitutes involves fewer staff and is therefore more sustainable under social distancing restrictions. Well, that's it for this edition of the Watson's Daily Podcast. Next week, we'll be in double figures. Woohoo! I hope that you found it interesting. If you like what you hear, please leave me a nice recommendation. It makes a real difference and helps me continue to help you. Also, if you want more information on a daily basis, please subscribe to Watson's Daily. You will get my daily blog 
for free. But if you really want to learn how to use this stuff in your job, studies or business, please think about signing up for a paid subscription that only costs £2.99 per month. Per month. Anyway, you'll get access to, um, via my website, which is watsonsdaily.com, and a brand new app to a whole load of additional material for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month. Anyway, see you next time. Watson out and bring on the loud music again. Music